Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Man City Show. John Stapleton standing in for Nigel Rothman. Well, what did you make of all that? A humdinger of a game, wasn't it? It could have had a very, very different outcome, but for referee Hooper's blooper. What will that cost us, if anything at all? That's the big question tonight. Having said all that, let's not forget, three games and three draws, six points lost. Our worst run for six years. Is it a minor blip or something that should cause us concern? Let's discuss that now with our guests, Paul Denby, Nick Golson, and Spencer Debson. Guys, good evening to you all. Evening. Uh, evening. Like an overall picture from each and every one of you. Just a brief overall picture on the game from each and every one of you, because there's so much to talk about after this match. I'd like to go through it bit by bit. But first of all, a brief, a brief overall picture from Paul Denby, first of all. I thought we played well in patches, particularly in the first half. Uh, and But for the woodwork, we could have won that game. Uh, we didn't play brilliant in the second half, but we had our chances. Haaland's not on form at the moment. He's missing quite a few. But overall, it was decent without being good enough to cement the three points. Nick, overall view? Another opportunity spurned. Uh, profligate going forward. Messy and sloppy at the back. Got what we deserved. Could see it coming a mile off. Not impressed, Spencer. Well, a great, a great game for the independent. We're, we're not, neither of us, none of us are, are independent. Um, very frustrating game, really. I think that you know, two one and and, and three two. We, we in in times when we were on form, we, we would have won this game for sure. Either which way, irrespective of what happened at the very end. Uh, and I felt that we um, defensively were a bit were a bit were a bit loose and uh, sh- should have done better. Should have won the game. Okay, I'm going to pick up on those points one by one as we go through. Let's kick off right at the beginning with that first goal for Spurs, which Edison should have saved, shouldn't he, Paul? Looking at it again, at the time I didn't think he had a good chance of saying because Son was very close in. He was only about seven or eight yards out, and he hit it with some venom. Edison got down, but he didn't. He didn't cover himself in glory. So I would say he might have saved it, but I'm not blaming Edison. The whole breakdown of the move, we, we lost. A, we had a corner and we broke down and they came up and did exactly what Spurs do to us. Season in, season out, they hit us on the counter and move very quickly. And um, Doku then missed the bat, misjudged the bounce and Son was in. And before we knew it, we were 1-0 down. I'm not blaming Edison, I'm blaming it. A few errors that, that, that happened in that move. 
By way of mitigation, mitigation, Nick, it was raining hard. The ball had been wet and slippery. Um, and as Paul said, it was a good shot. And <laughs> it was absolutely horrendous. It was the same goal we conceded about 15 times against Tottenham in the past six years. It was absolutely woeful. Anderson totally to blame? No, not totally to blame. Uh, I, I, I didn't. I didn't register it as a sort of terrible goalkeeping error um, at the time. I mean, it was just. It was just a sort of entire team error and collapse that led to that goal. Uh, I mean, I guess you, you know you've got to you've got to point a little a little finger at um, Doku just because his his attempts to 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 do something to stop it happening was so amateurish that you know you, you you've got to, you've got to call that out but you know it, I mean as I said we've we've done the same thing so many times against Spurs that really it was unforgivable for the whole team. Having said that, Spencer, you know where was the left back? Where was Guardiola? You know I looked hard and fast for him. All I could see was him in the right corner of the frame. On I was watching on television. television. I could see with him in the right corner of the frame, miles away from the action. Well, yeah, I do agree with that. I mean, he's had a, a good start to his career at City, but um, he is prone to error. Uh, and this game, you know, he was out, he was outrun and outfought, uh, and uh, made some some clear errors. So it was just, it was not not a good day at the office for Guardiola. That's for sure. Well, the game was played at a fantastic tempo, though, wasn't it, Spencer? Oh, absolutely! I mean, it was it it was derived, wasn't it, from from uh, Spurs' tactics? Costa Cogli, you know, we know very well, keeps it open. Really, that was the thing that presented us with lots of chances. Uh, the Spurs' defence, which by all accounts they've got many injuries, um, we and they made multiple mistakes during the game and gave us multiple chances. Uh, and it really was a case that we failed to capitalise on those. Uh, Harland, we, we mentioned before, missed uh, sort of a semi-open goal that, that in normal times he would bury. Um, we really could have gone in four-one up at, 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 uh, at half-time. It, it was it was just one of those days. But I do think that we were, uh, you know, we the architects of our own downfall really because we just we just didn't keep it tight enough overall. Were we lucky, Paul, to get a goal, albeit scored by some? No, um, it was a, it was a fortunate own goal for, from City's perspective. Um, but were we lucky? We started we started reasonably well, and we started to press again. We would have got a goal at some point, which we we showed. We attacked and attacked and attacked after that. Um, so yeah, fortunate own goal. But any goal you're putting pressure on them, and, and that's the way it works. So that, yeah, that we'll start, that's what you call a Harland assist, is it? That one. That's all the time. <laughs> I don't know if he. I don't know if he even touched it, did he? I'm not sure. I thought he. I uh, thought he got a, a slight touch on it. Yeah. <laughs> but an unintentional touch in that direction. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but a goal is a goal for City, and I'm not too fussed where it comes from. What were your feelings, Nick, when that goal went in? Look, there was a very clear pattern to the game. We were the better team for the vast majority of it. We were, we were the better team by far before Tottenham scored. We then got two goals uh, because we were significantly better than them. Uh, one was slightly fortunate, but we scored two goals. We went 2-1 up and then we sat back again. We got complacent um, and a little bit arrogant. Um, we missed chances because we're 
floppy. Um, and then we sat back and thought that we just played the game out. Tottenham scored again. We then got back in, started playing again, scored a third goal. And then we sat back and were complacent and arrogant. And they got another equaliser. There was a very, very clear pattern to the game, which um, has not only was not only just this game, but it's the past two, three games we've been doing it quite consistently. The only thing about the only thing we've been consistent about is our inconsistency during games because we're going from complacency and arrogance to turning up the burners a bit to get in front and then doing the same thing all over again. Well, you're saying a harsh line. Let me let me. Put a case up for the defence, Spencer. I mean, it, 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 we did have a bit of hard luck. I mean, we hit the woodwork twice. You know, once from Doku, once from Alvarez. So, you know, on another day, both of those goals would have gone in. You know, I, I agree with that. I think Nick, Nick it's, 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 it's pretty harsh uh, overall, I think. Um, although I do get where you're coming from. Uh, hit the hit the woodwork. The Doku one on another day would have gone in. I think he thought himself it, it might have gone in in the moment. Uh, and also there was, a, there was a really nice move with Bernardo Silva outside of the foot that um, that the keeper uh, palmed over. So, you know, it, we, we really would have scored more on another day. The Haaland misses, we've, we've, we've talked about those. So, uh, and we did, we did dominate uh, large parts of the game. I mean, for me overall, uh, somehow Spurs just showed more desire ultimately to come back from 2-1 and 3-2 down. Uh, and actually the Kulisevsky... Uh, equaliser right in the death there. I mean, Ake, you know, he, he really wasn't showing much passion to get to the ball uh, with Kulisevsky, uh, and he just showed more desire and, and 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 sheer will to get to the ball. Great header, and I think in in a way it was a it was a sort of a, a just desserts for City because uh, they should have had it wrapped up long long before that. Let me just pursue that point about Harlan and his message with you, Paul. I mean. Is he having some bad luck, or has, he, is it, has something gone? Has, has he lost something? Um, I can't call it bad luck. A striker of his ability, you would expect him to score. He had two very good chances yesterday. Um, the one that he put wide um, from about seven or eight yards was a terrible miss, let's be honest about it. Um, he should be burying that one. And the other one, when Alvarez set him up, it went so far over the bar, it was ridiculous. You expect a player of Haaland's ability to score. Is he going through a bad patch? He's still the top scorer in the league. So that really? says something else as well. Uh, but he should be scoring more goals. The, the chances that he's missing are costing us points. Let's be blunt about it. Um, had he put one of those two away, We'd have had a two-goal cushion, and who knows what would have happened. Um, I'm not sure whether, it, as Nick said, whether it's arrogance or whether it's just we sit back a little bit and think that we can always go back and attack again. But at the end of the day, we had our chances. We should have won it. We hit the woodwork twice. They hit the woodwork twice. Both theirs went in. Both of ours failed to go in. So yeah, it's narrow margins as well. He's cost us points, Nick, but he's also earned us points in a way no other player could. Isn't, isn't that fair enough, Nick? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's what is he? Before yesterday's game, he was what a goal every eighty minutes, I think. And frankly, he's not he's not been that great this season. And he scored one. He scored a goal every eighty minutes. It's 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 just unbelievable his uh, statistics and his um, his impact. But he has missed a lot of relatively straightforward chances in the last couple of months, uh, which he wasn't doing last season. Um, so there is something not quite 
happening for him at the moment, and he will know that more than anybody else. And Spencer, I mean, let's not get too downhearted about this. You know, our second goal was a classic City goal, wasn't it? And we are, we are still capable of playing some wonderful football. No, absolutely. It was, uh, we walked it in, didn't we? Um, it was a really nice move, lovely cutback from, I think, Rico Lewis, actually. And he brought um, um, a nice energy. Am I right? Do I misremember that? Um, he brought, a, you know, a nice energy uh, onto the pitch. Um, and uh, and a good a good finish for from uh, from Jack Grealish. So uh, we, we played some nice football for the third. Phil Foden's for the second was 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 also uh, really nice. So I, I think overall we played the more stylish football. We just we sort of seemed to like that that hunger as we've, as we've already said. What did what did Spurs expose, Nick? In your view, particularly at the back of our, of our defence. Sorry, say that again, John. What did Spurs expose? Well, look, they, Spurs have got a new manager. They've got some new players, but they've got enough sort of memory across their team to know how to play against us, having been relatively successful at it for the past few years. Um, and they break quickly, um, and they know how to um, – how that's how to expose – that is how to expose us. I mean, you know, at one point – Late in the first half, it was one, I think it was one all, 10, ten shots on goal for City, one for, for Spurs. It's the story right. of most games again between us in the past few years. Every time they sh- every time they have a shot on target, they score a goal. And I think more generally, I, I think we've got a bit of an issue at the moment um, in terms of how exposed our defence is uh, and how much cover or lack of cover um, the midfield are giving us. Um, And my view is that that there's a little bit around Gundogan not being there, which accounts for that, and the fact that at the moment at least, Kovacic hasn't been available to play alongside Rodri. And rather than playing two sort of relatively defensive and holding midfielders. We've left Rodri sat in there pretty much on his own. We played an extra player up front. And you could argue that that's maybe Alvarez, but it could be any of them. But, you know, Alvarez is playing the central role, but more attacking. And we've we've kind of traded that additional attacking power for the cover and control that you get for playing an extra midfielder a bit more deep. And I think that's where I would suggest it's cost us goals and it's cost us control of games in the past few weeks. Um, And, uh, you know, I wonder whether whether Pep's going to look at that now and start thinking about some sort of a change. Hopefully, obviously, De Bruyne is going to be back um, early in the new year. But I think that, you know, we've got five players at the moment um, Doku, Foden, Grealish, Alvarez, and one other that I now can't remember, who are, who are at the moment playing for uh, 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 for four places. Bernardo. Um, now, arguably, if you put De Bruyne back in there, then you want you're probably looking at three out of those five who are starting um, each week, uh, and that makes a bit of a difference. Yeah, I, I was going to say also. 
Paul. I mean, yes, undoubtedly we're missing De Bruyne, and we'll, we'll miss him until until the new year. But we're also missing John Stones at the back, aren't we? And in, and in midfield, would you not agree, Paul? Oh, definitely. I think Stones has been such a wonderful improvement uh, over the last couple of seasons and moving him into midfield. Um, the problem has been recently, I mean, in the first 11 games of the season, we conceded eight goals in the Premier League. In the last three, we've conceded eight goals, Chelsea, Liverpool and, and now Spurs. So something's not quite right. Now, Stones has been out for some of those, but he wasn't fit at the beginning of the season either. So it's not only John Stones. I think Diaz has had a Bit of a poor time being a lot blunt about it. It was, it was, it was poor against Chelsea. He didn't cover himself in glory against Liverpool. Uh, I just don't think we're knitting together. Uh, he seems to play a kanji every game. Uh, something that maybe he could look at changing. I'm not blaming a kanji as an individual, um, but why Gravidol's playing at left back? He's natural centre back. My view would be to maybe try him at centre back and put Ake at left back. But what do I know? I mean, uh, I'm a great manager knows <clears throat> knows a lot more than I do. But something's not quite working at the moment. And we have to admit, you know, I, I keep having an eye about this, uh, going one way or then the other. But we have to admit, you know, we're playing a team with ten players, ten senior players injured. Paul. Yeah, we, we we were, and then we should have we got to win those games. There's no doubt about it. Um, Tottenham were there for the taking. They've lost their last three games in the Premier League. They were top of the table, but they were having a, uh, a rough patch of it. And yet they come and, and gain a point off us. Yeah, we've got to win those games. Our home games against clubs like Tottenham, we haven't got a great record at the moment against the top teams. Um, and that costs you the, the league at the end of the day. And we had a great uh, record last season against the top teams, but um, struggling this season. Uh, I think the... Uh, you look at the, the teams that are in around us. We obviously lost to, uh, to Arsenal, drew with Liverpool. Um, yeah, we beat Newcastle during the season. And we've got a tough game coming up, which I'm sure we'll talk about shortly against Villa on Wednesday night. Yeah, having said all that, uh, Nick, you know, if you'd said to me at the start of the season, you'll only be three points behind the leaders with, without having to play, without having a De Bruyne around, without having Stones around for most of the season, I'd have been fairly happy with that, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I think we're in a brilliant position. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think, well, look, I, last time I was on a, uh, three or four weeks ago when we had the the, uh, uh, the Chelsea draw, I thought, you know, I said, fantastic game. Uh, both teams played really well. Chelsea were great. You know, it was just a great game. It was really well worth watching. We threw points away against Liverpool when we should have won, and we did the same against Spurs. But when you look at the league table, Absolutely. We're, you know, we've got nothing to worry about at the moment. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to win it, but we've got nothing on past performance and history to worry about. We are the, the best team in this league. There's no doubt about that on performances. We've we've not done it on results recently. You know, we had an unlucky uh, loss against Arsenal as well a, a couple of months ago. Um, and we are still right up there at the very top and things are very, very tight. So look, 95% of the intelligent viewing public out there will be saying that City are the favourites for this league right now because uh, of where we are and we can only improve. Uh, and, you know, our track record says that come the turn of the year into sort of February and beyond, um, 
we kick on and we've got players that we're expecting to come back that are going to help us to do that. So One thing that puzzled me, Spencer, uh, you see if you can clarify my mystery on this. Why did he take Foden off? Oh, I don't know. He wasn't. There was no obvious injury there, was there? Uh, but I mean, he's been getting a lot of a lot of game time uh, recently. So I, I don't know. Maybe he wanted just to to mix it up a little bit uh, and um, see if he could finish the game. I, I can't answer that. But I think Foden's had a a, a good start to this season. Uh, he's being picked more, most games, uh, and I think this is uh, and I think it's, it's, it's justified as well. And I don't think he had a bad game yesterday at all. Uh, I think he had. Well, yeah. I want to leave aside for the moment the 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 yellow cards for both Grealish uh, and and Rodri, and deal with that in the second half of the show when we're discussing the game against Villa. But before we get to that, of course, we've got to, we've got to talk about what I'm calling Hooper's blooper. You know, the, the referee's decision at the, at the end of the game uh, to blow up when Jack Grealish was in in with what looked like a very strong chance. I'd like each of each and every one of you to cast an opinion on that. Do you have any sympathy at all for the referee? Can you understand what was going on in his head? First of all, let's go, let's go to Paul. No, I can't. Be blunt about it. There was he waved play on. I've watched the the replay of, of that incident uh, twice now. He waved play on. Then, for some very strange reason, he blew up and stopped play. Um, had he blown the whistle straight away, you could have perhaps understood it. But he looked like he tried to play on. Then, once Grealish got the ball, he stopped the play, which is. Everybody, all the articles I read in the newspapers, anybody that I've seen uh, said, even Tottenham fans have said it was a ludicrous decision. So no defence for Mr Hooper on that one. Nick? Well, I'll be a little bit kinder and go on the basis that, you know, the only reason he could have blown is because from what he saw from his angle, there wasn't going to be an advantage. Now, we know, you know, that there was potentially, and I'm not saying, I can't say hand on heart, that I would, I expected Jack Grealish to go on and score from that position. Well, exactly. But, but um, he he obviously saw it for whatever reason. Um, I mean, I'm, and I'm being, I'm being pretty sort of even-handed and helpful to the guy, partly, I think, because I think, you know, we, we it, ultimately we got what we deserved. Um, and to turn around and say that, you know, we didn't win that game because of that one decision. is 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 a bit silly. Um, but also, I thought I thought he had a pretty reasonable game as a referee. Not sure anything particularly controversial happened in the game. Had a very good game, really. To be honest, he had a pretty decent game, and I don't think you know there was any reason to think that he was suddenly going to pull out pull that kind of thing out the bag. You know, for anything other than a genuine, obviously saw it differently from where he was position. Was it a question Spencer of offside in his mind, you think? Well, you know, we do get the camera view, don't we? And we, and we see it clear as day, so that's why we're up in arms about it. But you, you, it's quite possible. And I mean, unless the man, you know, the, the conspiracy theorists are out uh, and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a Spurs fan or something, you, you have to give a little bit of uh, licence to the referee there. Um, it just played out very badly <clears throat> in the end of it. And actually, when he blew the whistle, uh, the ball was sort of was sort of past Grealish, and he was running onto it. It's it's pure supposition, isn't he? Whether he whether he would have um, converted that or not, it's not not the quickest. Uh, I, I actually think it's 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 harsh to be too cruel to the referee uh, in this case. Even though the pundits actually really sort of laid, laid into the referee, didn't they? Um, I think I think it's the it's the pitch eye referee's view, and we have to just we have to slightly respect that. I think. 
Before we go to the break, I wanted to about the reaction of the team, and in particular Harlan to that decision, the way they surrounded the referee, and the news today, of course, that City are going to be charged for not controlling their players. Let's go, let's go to Paul first of all. Inevitable. Um, first reaction was inevitable because it was the very last minute of the game, give or take, uh, it was in injury time. And it was a chance that City had created and might, uh, I understand uh, all the sentiment that he might not have scored, but he would have had a chance of scoring to get the winning goal. It's The player shouldn't surround the referee, but in the heat of the moment, you understand why they do. I'm not defending them. They shouldn't do it. And I understand why we're being charged, but it's it's just one of those things. Nick? Can't say much else uh, other than that Erling Haaland probably didn't have the currency to um, go and start screaming and shouting and literally tearing his hair out because he, I think he knew full well that he should have put the game to bed an hour earlier than that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think half his anger was about at himself rather than the referee, wasn't it? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it was quite, the only sort of slight amusement came out of it where they, somebody photoshopped uh, his face onto uh, Munch's screen, didn't they? And that's been going around. Um, but it, it is, it's quite a sight to see to see him in that <laughs> demeanour. <laughs> he was uh, pretty angry. What, what are the consequences of this charge? Anyone know? I think it's a fine is it? for the first offence. I think so. I'm not 100% certain. Yeah, I think that. it's a fine for the team, isn't it? But it, uh, I mean, yeah. there is a chance that Harlan could could be um, be sanctioned personally, which doesn't seem to have happened, uh, for which he's probably a little bit lucky. He could well, have I, think Pep said, I think Pep said afterwards, you, you know, if you're going to charge, you're going to sanction anyone, you're going to have to sanction the entire team, because they're all around him, weren't they? So it will be slightly unfair to go on, although he was the most vociferous and the most animated of the lot. OK, we're going to take a little break there. When we come back, we're going to be discussing the game against Villa in midweek, which is going to be a tough one particularly without Mr. Rodri, without Jack Grealish, both of them picked up yellow cars. Are we going to cut with that? Welcome back to the Man City Show with me, John Stapleton, standing in for Nigel Rothman. Well, on Wednesday, of course, we've got Villa away at Villa Park, of course, a tough game by anybody's standards at any time of the year, any season, but particularly so now, as Villa seem to be on the mend and improving all the time. Let's get our views on that, particularly bearing in mind that we'll be without Rodri and we'll be without Jack Grealish. First of all, let's go to you, Paul. Jack Grealish picking up a yellow card. He came on as sub, picked up a yellow card yet again. It's about the fourth or fifth time he's done that, having come on as sub. And he got the yellow card for kicking the ball away. What a stupid thing to do. Yes? Absolutely ridiculous thing to do, to get booked for that. Especially when you know you're on four bookings already, and then the next one's going to cost you a suspension. So no sympathy for him. Silly thing to do. And cost us... Uh, himself a place in the team. I'm, I'm not sure whether Doku is going to be fit. Rumour has it has a knock. Therefore, despite having usually two players fighting for one position, we might now have no players fighting for that one position. So really, no sympathy. It's a idiotic thing to do by Mr Grealish. Nick, can you find any reason why Nick, why Grealish behaved in that way? Is it possibly that he was charged because of his, he's aware that his position is under threat? He's once again coming for a bit of stick and he... <laughs> He was, even by his standards, overcharged, as it were. Yeah, I would categorise it more generally in terms of the fact that he's a burp. Um, he uh, has not had the greatest of starts to the season. Uh, I think most of us would agree. Uh, 
he's clearly under a bit of pressure in terms of his place, which is probably not making him especially happy given that he spent two years sort of trying to cement a place in the team and getting there at the end of last season, winning everything there was to win, et cetera, et cetera. And now he's a little bit back to square one. And look, he seems to be an absolutely lovely guy off the pitch. He's always doing his charity stuff and his hugging kids and all that sort of lovely thing, lovely stuff that he does. And he's clearly a lovely guy. Um, but he has really been a bit of a burke uh, in, on this one. And he's got, what, five yellow cards in, is it five, eight eight appearances as a substitute? I mean, something like something that. Something like that, yes. Absolutely ludicrous. It is ludicrous, Paul, isn't it? And, you know, you've got to say, you've got to be, I've put it bluntly, pretty thick not to realise that, you know, that's going to get a yellow card. Every every game we've had this season, someone's got a yellow card for that kind of offence. It's crystal clear what's going to happen. So why do it? It's the moment again is the only excuse. I'm not saying he should have done it, but that's it. He gets frustrated. He was getting kicked quite a few times, as he always does, and felt maybe that the free kick had gone the wrong way. Uh, not defending him, I, I can't put myself in his position, but I'm guessing that he was a little bit. He was. He's clearly upset. Spencer, if you were pet, if you were pet, what would you be saying to Jack Grealish right now? Well, I think I, I, I think uh, I'd be saying Jack. You're an integral part of this squad. I believe in you. Calm it down. Do the things you do well. And let's go forward to the second half of the season. I mean, remember Jack Grealish, the last sort of dozen games of last um, season. He, you know, he was uh, sort of kind of undroppable, as you know, as we went through to win the treble. Uh, he was, you know, one of our best performers. Uh, no question. So it's it's slightly curious. I know he's not been helped with a, a sort of early season injuries, but his is the position this year with Doku. Clearly, it's a huge threat to him. And whatever way people like to say, you know, they're professional footballers and and, and they uh, they they toe the line and everything, he he must feel that. And I think he's an emotion-driven uh, player. You know, when he's got um, uh, you know encouragement from the, you know, he'll he'll perform well. And uh, I think he needs that. Uh, sort of emotional thing from Pep, so I, I would be encouraging him and 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 uh, you know willing him to go forward. Um, but I mean, no question, Doku started fantastically well, and uh, it's 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 great for the squad that we've got this uh, this competition now in that position. Would Jack Grealish be your first choice, Nick? Well, <laughs> that position on the No, absolutely. Well, not necessarily. I mean, I think it's sort of week by week, game by game. Um, I think that there was, I mean, he's been, a, he's been an absolute idiot because, you know, when you go back and think about, you know, control and, and managing games, um, and needing to make something of a change around that, um, then, you know, you do start thinking that Jack's a slightly better choice than Doku because Doku gives you, the element of surprise and the unexpected and all that stuff, but Jack gives you something a bit more reliable, supposedly. And but what does, uh, what possession. does Jack do? and, what does and he's Jack just do? managed to get himself suspended at the point when, really, you know, we've got loads of games coming up, Christmas period, Doku potentially injured, and Grealish has got him got himself suspended. But I was asking you, Nick, what does Jack give you? I'm going to play devil's advocate now because every time. I see Jack. It seems to me he does exactly the same thing every time. He cuts inside, beats one man, maybe beats two, and then passes it backwards. End of story. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think there's an element. I think there's an element of 
truth to that, I think we we've all sort of thought that to one extent or another over the last year or so. Um, he seems to play in a way that suggests that he's told very clearly what he should be doing by his manager, and he does it, uh, and he doesn't really deviate from that. So you know, you lose the 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 skill and the um, um, that that sort of more element of surprise that he that you might get out of him, um, and you get something more more reliable and you know, to be honest, yes, really a little a little bit dull. Okay. Um, there, ha- okay. there has been more than you know. There's been more than one occasion this season where he's come off for Doku, and I can I can pretty much say that 70, 80, 90 percent of the entire stadium at the Etihad watching would say Doku's done more in two minutes than Jack Grealish did in fifty. Agreed. And having said all that, I agree that as stated previously, he seems a lovely lad. It's a shame that he has to face this criticism. The other big ponder. Ponderable, of course, uh, for midweek is who we replace, how we replace Rodri. I'd love to know your thoughts on that. First of all, Paul Denby. Who goes in for Rodri? How do we line up? I'd love to say Phillips, but it's not going to be. So I guess it's going to be Kovacic because he's seems to be fit again. He's not covered himself in glory when uh, doing that role. I'd like to hope that John Stones is fit so he can give more support in there. And against Villa, you'd be looking also to play Rico Lewis, perhaps, because Villa are going to be a really tough team. They've won six out of six at home. Um, so it's going to be a really tough game. Uh, I'd be possibly putting more players in that midfield defensive area than I would if it was a home game or a game against a weaker team, uh, because I think it's going to be really tough tomorrow on Wednesday night. So you might you might want to put a couple of players in there to, to cover. Ben, sir? Yeah, I think it's very difficult. We, we never do well when we haven't got uh, Rodri in the team. It's a simple fact. I really hope John Stones is back. Uh, Villa have got, a, you know, they're on a great run. They've got a really solid team. Uh, I love their midfield. I mean, obviously, Douglas Louise, Ex-City, Tielemans, you know, all these, John McGinn. So I, I think I think we're in for a fight. And I think he's, this is the film, this is a game that Calvin Phillips absolutely should be made for. But uh, unless he wants to put him in there because he's in the shop window, because by all accounts, he's going to be moving in January. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Kovacic and, and Stones, hopefully, and, and one or two others. And if Doku is not fit, who would he play out on the left? First of all, Nick. Oh God, I've no idea. Uh, maybe nobody. I don't know. I don't know. Who do we play? You, uh, I, I, I see you've got a couple of choices. Yeah, oh, Bernardo. Sober, I guess. Switch, we can switch from Bernardo and Foden, can't we? In those those roles. Yeah. We have to. So a tough call at Villa Park, and then on Saturday to, to wind things up, we've got Luton away. Now I have to tell you, I did a scouting mission on Luton at the weekend. I went to see Luton play Brentford. at Brentford. Brentford's my local. A local club here. Brentford won 3 1, as you all know, and uh, until the end, Luton weren't in it. But once he came out and, and, and had a go, Luton looked quite good, I have to say. Your thoughts on that game, first of all, uh, Paul? Well, it's a game we should win, but Luton at home, they'll be up for it. It's a tight little ground. Um, they'll be putting everything into beating the league champions. Um, I've got my ticket for the Luton game, if you can see it there. Well, look it's, at you. No, 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 no. This, this oh, one is from nineteen eighty-eight. Oh my God, that's uh, amazing! I, 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 found it, 
<laughs> I found it in my Very collection impressed. of old tickets uh, when I was just scouting through it. Oh, I went, I've been twice to Luton. There's my 1991 ticket as well. So I uh, know I couldn't get a ticket for this game because uh, most city supporters, it's a first opportunity to go to Kenilworth Road. Um, therefore, it sold out rapidly. Um, it, it won't be an easy game um, because Luton will fight for everything. Again, at least Rodri and Grealish will be available because it's only one match suspension. Um, so hopefully they'll be a bit refreshed and uh, we can go on and, and win that game. We've got to win games at places like Kenilworth Road if we're serious about competing for the league. Nick, your thoughts on Kenilworth Road? Yeah, it's uh, you know it's one of those sort of stumbling blocks and um, big teams going there and having a hard time. But I don't think it's the hardest. You know, the the, the media will big it up as much as they possibly can. Um, but Honestly, I genuinely, you know, there are harder games than going to Luton. Um, there are harder atmospheres than Kenilworth Road. Um, I expect us to win. If we don't, then we've got bigger problems. Well, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones who've got a ticket. No seat allocation, I've got, but I've got a ticket. I'm just dying to walk through that guy's front, back door and through the garden <laughs> to my seat. <laughs> never been there. That's I'm something I'm looking forward to very much indeed. Spencer, your thoughts on City versus Luton as we, as we wind up? Yeah, I mean, the guys have said it, and we've got to, we've simply got to win a game like that. Um, I mean, Luton, uh, actually, I was reading that, that they, they've they lost many, many games this season, but they've generally been in the games towards yeah. the half, and they've lost games by the odd goal. So we've got to be on our game. We've got to really not let the level drop. Um, and, of course, on form, we would win this easily, but, but we really need to reassert ourselves after recent results, really. Guys, thank you very much indeed. That's Paul Demi, Nick Goldston and Spencer Debson. Thank you all very much indeed. Thank you to you at home for watching or, or listening, whichever is your choice. Best of luck to City wherever they go. For me, John Stapleton, good night and thank you. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.